Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Well, hello there. Welcome to the last day in our Genesis series. Um, this season, we have talked all the way from the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1 1 in the beginning. All the way through, um, we're going to finish up today in 12.8. Um, today, we're going to talk about 11.10 through 12.8. And um, that's kind of where we're going to land for the series. And it's going to give some spoilers. And it's going to give some cliffhangers. So we encourage you to just keep reading beyond here because this is just the beginning. Um, you can look back in some of our um, previous episodes and you could learn some more about some of these people we're going to talk about. Maybe Abram. Did we do some, something on Abram, Abraham out of Hebrews? Out of Hebrews mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. So yeah. there's little snippets here and there you may be able to find or just go straight to the Bible and start reading. There you go. <laughs> yep. The Bible is far more accurate than we are. Just a heads yeah. up. So, yeah. Well, so we're, we're going to talk about Shem. Yep. Yep. And he, Shem he is, is the, um, I'm sorry, Suzanne, go ahead. No, I was going to say Shem's the third brother that we didn't talk about a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So We think he all, looks like he's the middle brother. He's the middle brother, which is mm-hmm. here, um, you know, usually the blessing comes from the firstborn. Mm-hmm. And here we have, again, God changing up the order a little bit. And the blessing for the world and for Israel is going to come from the middle kid. Yay for the middle kid. Yay. (laughs) I myself am, of course, a firstborn. But I do have middle sisters. So, you know, they they need a little um, kudos here and there. (laughs) That's a big of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot to go through on this particular line. Um, and you're right, Terry, the blessings of Israel come through Shem and come, God uses Shem to bring his blessings through that. And there's a, just to, a quick mention too, like we use homework from insightsbiblestudy.org. You can find this exact homework and how a lot of this starts for day three. That's when we're saying like day three, day four, all that other stuff. Um, There is a chart where we needed to fill in from this line, the names of the people and then their years. And we had to do some math and it was kind of (laughs) tricky. However, if you're doing your homework, just look on the next chart on page seven, and that tells you how old everyone is. Right. This is how I did my math homework as a kid. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, where could that answer be other than here? Um, but they lived on average, so it's 400, 440, 435, 400, like over 400 years, then over 200 years. And then it starts really getting shorter and shorter and shorter to where um, Abram, is 175, Isaac 180, and they're just now, they're over 100 years, just over 100. So, um, 
earlier, what was it, last week, um, we talked about how God said, my spirit will not always contend with these people. Their years are going to be 120. Yes. Things are winding down. And when you get to Moses, guess what? Yep. One, two, zero, baby. Yep. Yeah. And that just goes to speak to how we've been talking all along about how God is a God of order. God is not a God of chaos, but he is a God of order. So he says, we're going to go 120 years, but it's not like a boom. Now at 120, you kick the bucket. He's like easing people down, right? And then also we see starting in um, 11.10, talking about the lineage of Shem, we see that um, these men are having children younger and younger and younger. And that's not a bad thing. Like we, you know, now we talk about, oh, people are having babies so young, you know, now younger is like in their 30s instead of in their 130s or 530s, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, a, a part of like the fertility years, your eggs are at their best. Um, the sperm they they don't have corrupted DNA necessarily, or you have less mm-hmm. chance of birth defects as they get as they're earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was a um, so in the FYI box it says every time human DNA is reproduced, it's vulnerable to the law of disorder and decay via mutation, the second law of thermodynamics. And this is from Jim Weinbrenner. And it makes sense um, that now we need to do this earlier and earlier to try to avoid some of the problems with DNA, some of the problems with as we age, things get corrupted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty bad about that because I'm pretty old right now, but it's like, okay, well, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And can you can you imagine them thinking like, we think kids are having um, babies, people are having babies earlier. I, Noah was 500 years old when he had his three sons. Can you imagine the thought of like, you're going to have a, a kid at a hundred? Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's cracking me up. Just the thought of that. Uh, well, speaking of that uh, graph chart, whatever it was that you, we mm-hmm. just mentioned about the ages going down, down. Um, it's interesting on that, page and maybe on the page before it we can see how some of the people were living at the same time that we didn't think about but it's pretty interesting that um you know who could have been alive at the same time i'm trying to look at the chart so one of the things yeah we're looking at the ages of the patriarchs um, that is the particular one that was striking to me because it just had them all laid out and it had their ages. Uh, there's a previous one, chart of declining longevity. These are, I'm sure, basic charts you can find out on the internet. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the homework, just check that out. because it's, And it's good to have it in chart form. When it's written in scripture, to me, it's hard to actually get it, what's going on. So, by the way, this is another thing. When you read through scripture, you're like, okay, um, Abraham lived 34 years, became the father of Peleg. It doesn't connect, right? So, sometimes we pull things out of the Bible and put them in a form that helps us understand it more clearly. Maybe it's a list. Maybe it's a chart. Maybe um, there's just different ways to attack scripture in not attack, but to um, <laughs> understand it and pull it apart. Yeah, to if go you, at it. If you've been with us for a while, um, 
we talked about building the wall and mm-hmm. Rosemary had a visual that she used to help us walk around the wall, the great wall. Right. Yes. Um, and it, she was like, it's like a foot. She just yeah. kept saying, it's like a foot. It's like a foot. And the rest of us were like, Rosemary, you're nuts. But, yes. but that's what worked for her. Cause that I, helped her to visualize what that actually looked like. By the time we passed the big toe, I think you guys were on board. Yeah. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, when they talk, when they were talking of this is ancient Israel, um, not the current Israel that we have. Or Jerusalem. Wait, ancient Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was, um, I still think of the foot. That's just like an automatic <laughs> thing. Oh, I know where the garbage is. Like you'll see this in, in different parts of scripture. So, uh-huh. yeah. 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 So be creative. Let yourself, God will help you engage it. I meant engage, not attack. Silly me. Anyway. <laughs> it sounds way better. <laughs> I know. I know. The thing that was remarkable to me, though, is that Shem, who was an actual child of Noah, yeah. the direct child, was alive at the same time Abram was. And we're going to give it away. Abram and Abraham are the same person. God changed Abram's name to Abraham. So we're talking about the same guy. Yep. He yep. was married to Sarai and God changed it to Sarah. Mm-hmm. So these are the same people there. But it, it was just interesting to me as I looked to the chart, at the chart, Shem was alive at the same time. Shem was yep. alive when Isaac was born. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, and Jacob yeah. was alive, right? Jacob too. So I, I, when I think about that too, it's like, oh my goodness, what would it have been like for me to be around and to still have, as I have children, um, grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, great-great-greats. Yeah. I mean, just how much information you always wonder, like, what was it like when you were little or something like that? Although I have to say probably on each one, it's like, what did you play with when you were little? Oh, we played with rocks. Yeah. We played with rocks too. <laughs> like they probably all played with rocks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, what did you play with when you were little? But anyway, I, I, it, that was just a fascinating piece to me. It really is. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other part that was really interesting to me is um, the part from Tara. So Tara was Abraham's or Abram's dad. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was interesting to me, even with all these generations there, we're talking about Shem is talking about he was on the boat right Shem is telling the story over and over and over again I'm we're on our way to go see our kiddos we're gonna see them in a few weeks they're turning three years old our grandkids oh my gosh I can't wait to tell them the story of the day they were born Mm. right and just tell them the stories and tell them the stories and tell them the stories so I'm sure Shem was telling the story when we were on the boat or on the ark Right. (laughs) It was, you know, and he's telling this story over and over again. And even with that, talking about how faithful God was, Tara, Abram's, Abraham's dad, still worshiped other gods. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, are you kidding me? How does that happen? How does that even happen? Um, but it does happen, and I can see us doing that, too, in different ways. Like, even with everything we know, even with Bible study, even at the levels that we're engaged in, um, we can 
worship the God of money. We can worship the God of, you know, we can make all these little gods, build a name for ourselves, et cetera. Right. Um, but, but we should, but there's that truth again, telling the truth and telling that story again matters. But after, um, when Tara, Tara is worshiping other idols and he takes his family and says, we're going to, we're going to leave here and we're going to go somewhere else. And everybody packs up and off they go. <clears throat> um, and they were headed for Ur, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. So Tara lived there. And then God calls Abram out of that um, place. God calls Abram out of that lifestyle and that kind of um, place where worshiping other gods is a part of their life. God's like, right. this isn't for you anymore. Yeah, This is not right. for you. It's not my plan for you. And he calls him out of that and tells him, go away from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So he's like, out of there. I, I have big plans for you. So pack up and leave this behind and let's go. And he doesn't even tell him where they're going. Mm-hmm. Just tells them right. to get up. Let's go. Bring your family. And here's and something. He here's something that's a a big deal. Is um, Abram is married to Sari. Sorry, how would you say her name? Sarai. 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 But um, she's barren. Mm-hmm. She has no children. She cannot have children. But this is who Abram is married to. And then this is who God says to them. Leave your people, leave your father's household, go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Right? So, spoiler alert, it happens. They turn into Abraham and Sarah. There's a whole mess that happens beforehand, but God does give Abraham and Sarah a child who then goes forward. So, and, and kind of as you, this is a little confusing, but as you look at that chart, this happens later in Abram's life. Well, it's in scripture that way. Yeah. Tara dies and then Abram moves. Right. Yeah. Tara. Uh, so Abram was 75 yeah. when he left Haran. Do you have that from scripture or just that chart? Yeah. No. Uh, 12 okay. 4. It's a little ahead of where we are, but he was 75 years old when he left Haran. Okay. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All this is happening later. So he it's interesting. One of those. Go ahead. In Luke 7 2, it says that God appeared to Abram before he settled in Haran. So back here when they're in Ur mm-hmm. is when God says to Abram, it's time to go. But Abram takes his father and the whole household with him. And they get moving, and then they stop, and they settle in Haran. They don't go on to where, they're, where God's been telling Abraham he's got to go. Right. So Abraham allows that for whatever reason. He doesn't say, no, we got to keep going. He settles too. Mm-hmm. I found that pretty interesting. And then once, Ab- once um, Abraham's father dies, now the Lord says again to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. He's pretty specific about that. Mm -hmm. And go to the land that I will show you. 
So the other part too, while his father Tara was still alive, um, Haran died, he died in Ur of the Chaldeans um, in the land of his birth. So basically it sounds like uh, Tara went back to the land of his birth. I don't know. I'm just kind of reading the scripture, but stopped there and didn't go on to where God was directing them to go. So Tara lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't, he doesn't go beyond. Right. And, and my, as I'm reading that, hmm. Now, it's well, funny, Tara's it, oh, had a son named Haran, Haran too. Is right. that what you're yeah. right, right, right. So I think that's yeah. what was confusing me when I was yeah. looking at that. Yeah, yeah. They died were, while they were still in Ur. Right. So right. I wonder, you know, why they stopped for a while. Okay. And Haran was the father of Lot. Right. Yep. So, and, and Abram took Lot with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on that. There's, there's a, a part in this, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. How God's hand was on Abraham and the Israelites. This is one of the promises that God made to him. One of them was, I will make you a great nation, right? I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. This is, a this is a, one of those royal grants, right? Yes. Yeah. Remember that's what I was talking to a, a few weeks ago? Yeah. Where when God does this, God walks through. Yeah. God walks through the, the broken, the, um, this the, the animal animals sacrifice. that have been split in half. Yeah. God makes a covenant with the people without there being two sides to it. God's given his promise and it doesn't rely on anything that Abram or at this point Israel you know, coming up would do. I will make you into a great nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And God tells them the whole plan. He goes through, he's saying at the time, and this is in um, 15, Genesis 15, um, that Abram bought, brought all these to him, the heifer, the goat, the ram, cut them in half, arranged the halves opposite each other. Um but God says, and a little bit further, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. And God saying to him, know for certain that 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. That's Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right? right. They, but I will punish that nation as they serve slave, as they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. They took all the treasures of Egypt when they went out of there. Mm-hmm. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. Um, for the sin of the Amorites has not reached its full measure. And then when the sun had set and the darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. Honestly, that is so cool to me. I, keep, I know I keep reading that over and over again, but it's like, this is just that representation of God. Mm-hmm. And how he does things. And his covenant, like you're talking about his covenant blessing that really doesn't depend on us. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, well, and um, at the end of, of this passage that we're kind of reading here, um, starting in 12.6, it talks, Abram moved through the land as far as the site of the great tree. Um, 
uh, at that time the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared before him. And from there he went on, he pitched his tent. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So he, Abram, who has this um, lineage from Shem, who's one of the good brothers, right? We Mm. see that carried through Mm -hmm. and that Abram is what? Nine generations, I think is the math, the ninth generation from Shem. Um, He is still calling on the name of the Lord. So that faithfulness is there and that dependency is there and that knowledge that he is a good God and his, um, his willing to listen, willingness to listen and obey is still there. Mm-hmm. And that's where that faithfulness shows itself, which you could go back to one of our episodes of Hebrews, like um, Terry and Rosemary were talking earlier, and you can hear about that. It's in the hall of faith is what it's called. And um, just was credited as righteous for his willingness to step out and obey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. And well, as we're, oh, go ahead. No, just, and, and then as we go through, this is the line of Jesus. Right. This is the redemption story. This is a redemption line over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. God does this. Yeah. I want you to notice that we are still in Genesis. We are still at the very beginning and we're not even halfway through Genesis, right? Like gosh, Genesis has oh. 50 chapters So we're not even halfway through Genesis, but we already see where Jesus plays in Mm -hmm. right from Mm -hmm. the very beginning. He was the plan. Jesus was the plan from the beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just something to remember as we are wrapping things up. Is there anything that really stands out to you guys? Anything that, I mean, how do you top what I just said? Like, Jesus was the plan from the beginning. <laughs> I'm setting you up. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else, though? I just think it was an amazing study. And um, I've learned so much. It's like every time, you know, I study Genesis, it's, there's just so much more to learn. So this time, you know, I did learn about fractals and about that little guy carrying all that information in each Mm -hmm. cell of your body. And I learned, um, really, I don't know why, but really it just blew my mind that the earth was made of all these elements, right? The earth is made of, and that, and God made Adam from the dust of the ground and our bodies are made of the exact same elements. Of course they are. Of course they are. But it was still until I wrote it all down, you know, water, carbon, hydrogen, you know, all that stuff. And then wrote the list for the body. I'm like, same thing here. He really did make him from the dust of the earth. I just found it was, to me, that was like, wow, eye-opening. So why do we wash our hands? (laughs) Because of the fall. 
the germs that came after chapter three. Got it. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that if there's anyone listening, wondering why they have to do that. Go ahead. <laughs> if there's anything that you have to do that's annoying or irritating, or we feel like it's worthless, it's yeah. all because of the fall. That's it. It is. Yeah. Right. This is chapter three. Right. It. Yep. Right. What about you guys? What about you girls? Well, I think my, I just love the fact that, you know, God is omniscient and he knew when he made Adam, what was going to happen. He knew that all along. Um, but it, but he made so much provision to send us a savior. You know, there were so many times um, that things could have failed. Um, that the enemy could have waylaid God's plans, but nothing stops the plan of God. Um, nothing we do, nothing the enemy does. God made a plan to save us and to make us his own. Um, and he knew he had to do that from the day he created us. So it was all in place. You know, that was interesting. You were talking about something about the, um, that, that God wasn't going to let the Israelites go into a land until the time of the current inhabitants was fulfilled. So he mm-hmm. already knew that certain things had to happen with that race before he sent his people in. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it, it's just awesome to me. Um, the kind of knowledge and understanding and wisdom that God has um, so far beyond anything that we could ever imagine. And that gives me confidence. I would rather things be in his hands than mine. I'm glad that he's my God and that I'm not trying to navigate this world by myself. Oh, doesn't that feel like a lot of work? Yeah. <laughs> to have to mm-hmm. navigate it. It's like, oh, thank you, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Rosemary, do you want to close us out? Yeah, I, but another piece that I wanted to add is, and I keep going back to this quote by R. Kent Hughes, and I just kind of want to reread it at the end. I think it really sums up a lot. The same power that flung the stars out into the unfathomable expanding universe while orchestrating life in the irreducible complexity of the cells of your body will act on your behalf if you come to him. He will turn your night into day with a word. He will reorder your broken life with a word. He will bring form out of chaos with a word. It is his specialty. There is creation power that can recreate your life. There is eternal life that will turn the midnight of your life into dawn and daylight and life and spring. This is our God. He gives form. He reorders life and he will do it for you. I just... I've reprinted that and I just keep running that over. Um, so anyway, can I just close in prayer? I'm just going to, God, we just come before you. It's so amazed by who you are. So grateful that you love us and that you have called us. God, we just, we see your redemption plan throughout Genesis over and over and over again. We see how you've created provision, even putting the stars in place and moving the dry in, 
land, creating dry land and water and how you've moved things to create a space for us that's correct. And like Terry was saying, Lord, how you've used the dust of the earth, our environment, Lord, you use that to create our, our being and who we are. And then you breathed your life into us, Lord. We know that we are your creation. And God, um, even as we look at the fractals and knowing that each the whole is represented in each of the parts. God, we pray that as, as the parts that we represent you. Lord, you're amazing. Um, you've been the plan from the very, very beginning. And Lord, like Angie was saying, my head can't even get around this. Um, but we know that we can trust you. We know that you are good. We know that you have good plans for us, Lord. And if there is any doubt, Lord, I just pray that we go to the scriptures, God. I just pray that we see your word. I thank you for the scriptures, Lord, that now things are written down for us. That's something that happened out of the Tower of Babel. Lord, that now we have written documentation, written words of yours, Lord. So, God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit in these words permeate and change and transform people according to your will, God. Let us all open our hearts, God, and let that happen. Um, let us not make names for ourselves, God, but let's make names, your name, great above all names. Mm. We just praise you and thank you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah. <laughs>